think about backsliders as being people who who use drugs or gone out drinking for months on it no no you could be a backslider just by doing nothing sitting around just doing absolutely nothing you can backslide because god doesn't call us to sit around and do nothing he doesn't say oh just just do nothing in the name of the lord i do nothing praise jesus what an easy life this is i just take care of me my own self no nation gathered to rededicate their lives to God, their enemies gathered around them to destroy them. It's important to recognize that doing the right thing will almost always encounter massive opposition. You will get attacked, persecuted, mocked, ridiculed, and threatened. How do you respond when things get tougher for you just because you're trying to do the right thing? Samuel encouraged them to surrender to God completely and trust in God to deliver them from all their enemies. In today's message, Pastor Mark will prepare us for the struggle each one of us will encounter when we seek to get right with the Lord. Well, let's join Pastor Mark in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 7 with today's edition of Come Alive. As they pour the water out, they got these, notice they've got these big jars. It's not just a mason jar, it's a big jar. And they're pouring the water out. And notice how much this says. Does it say a little? Three quarters? No, it says all. They pour it all out. It's a huge jar, and as the water came out, all the water came out. And it was symbolic of getting all of the sin out. Remember, it says we are earthen vessels in the New Testament. We're called earthen vessels. So dump all your sin out, all of it. And then they shake it, dumped it completely out, 100%. And so they would wave it back and forth to make sure not a drop was left. And if you want to come back to Christ after a time of backsliding, then pour out your heart to him. You know, we think about backsliders as being people who, who use drugs or gone out drinking for months on it. No, 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 you could be a backslider just by doing nothing, sitting around, just doing absolutely nothing. You can backslide because God doesn't call us to sit around and do nothing. He doesn't say, oh, just, just do nothing. In the name of the Lord, I do nothing. Praise Jesus. What an easy life this is. I just take care of me, my own self. No. And so they would wave it back and forth. They'd pour out their heart to the Lord is what that's symbolically speaking. Psalm 66, 18 tells us if they had sin in their hearts, who wouldn't hear them? God wouldn't hear them. If you have sin in your heart, God's not going to hear you. I find it odd that people will repent about some things, but they won't repent about everything. They just, oh yeah, I'm a sinner in this area, but they don't repent about everything. And so... Psalm 66 says if they have sin in their hearts, God won't hear them. Yeah, Mark, but that's Old Testament. Well, is God different in Old Testament than the New Testament? The Bible tells us he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's not any different. So as long as you keep something hidden in your heart, God doesn't have the opportunity to start a work with a clean and solid foundation. 
And so he begins to build on you. And because you have this big crack in your foundation, because you have this fault in your foundation, he starts to load you up. And you won't be able to carry out even the smallest of responsibilities. You'll prove to be more irresponsible than you do responsible because you didn't come clean in the first place. How many Christians, how many ministries, how many things in church haven't been able to take off because that person just has that little fault and they didn't think it was a big deal. But that little fault began to start a huge crack. And then those little things just kind of fell by the wayside. So they pour it out on the ground. And the next thing to look at is the ground. The ground. They dump it out on the ground and the ground begins drinking it up. This speaks very symbolically as well. It speaks of God hearing their prayer. God saying, okay, cool, I'm going to take your sin. Just like Jesus took all of our sin on the cross. All of it. Not, not some of it, but all of it. Did he suffer for nothing because we held something back? And so it drinks it all up. It represents God hearing their prayer. And you need to know that your prayer is heard. And with confession comes cleansing. When we confess, that prayer is heard. Because with that confession comes cleansing. These are backslidden believers. They were tempted and they took and they bit at the temptation and they ran with it. They were still accepted as his children, but they just weren't acceptable as we talked about earlier. So God hears you when you are truly repented. Turn to Psalm 51 with me. Keep your thumb in 1 Samuel. We're going to Psalm 51, verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Now, you got to think, if he's always a loving God, why would somebody ask for mercy? Why would somebody ask for mercy? Well, because there's going to be a judgment. There could be a problem with that situation. And so we have an awareness of who God is. Hidden in David's heart, David understands who God is at this point. This is when David had blown it with Bathsheba. And so he writes this. And this is the kind of God that we enjoy. He's compassionate, he's graceful, and he's merciful. And so now look at verse 5. He says, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in my sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts, and in the hidden part you will make me known No wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness, that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins, and blot out my iniquities. Create in me, and everybody knows this song, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence, and do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation." And uphold me by your generous spirit. Then I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall be converted to you. That's an amazing last verse. He's going to teach transgressors God's ways, and sinners shall be converted. And so we look at that, and, and we see, and then look at verse 17 with me real quick as well. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, These, O God, you will not despise. If you don't have these verses underlined in your Bible, then I would say underline them. And why? Because we're all sinners. 
Every single one of us are sinners. And when we sin, we need to do something with my sin. When I sin, I need to do something with it. I, I, can, I got two choices. I can continue in it. I can resist or rebel, or I can repent and return. So those are my choices. And the way you return is to recognize who your God is. And if my heart is truly broken and my heart genuinely contrite, he's going to despise my sin. I'm going to despise my sin. David will despise his sin. So God will hear that I got a genuinely contrite and broken heart. And it's going to be the Holy Spirit who calls me guilty. I'm convicted of that sin. And I'm going to repent and I'm going to return. And the key activity of the day was that the confession. If you think about that confession that the children of Israel had turned back to 1 Samuel. You see that the key activity of the day was the confession of their sins. The pouring out of the water. The symbolic pouring out of that water and the ground drinking it up. And God hearing their prayers. And so in Leviticus, if you're taking notes, 26 verse 40 through 45, God's covenant promise to the children of Israel was if they sincerely confessed to him, he would forgive their sins. Just like he forgives ours. And so no amount of sacrifice or ritual can wash away their sins. And so the water and the ground that drank up their sin, they pour out all the water and the ground drinks up all their sin, which they poured out. They couldn't put it back in. It was gone. There's no way they could put that back in. And so if they were truly repentant, then what they do with their freedom is going to truly show their heart. And it's the same thing for you and I. If we're truly repentant people, 100%, then what we do with that freedom that we get once that sin is gone, what we do that next time is going to show who we truly are. It's going to be your character because God's grace has set them free. And so you have to think to yourself, am I going to live as a free man or am I going to do something that warrants incarceration, so to speak? So true faith will always reveal itself in a life obedient to God. True faith will always reveal itself in a life obedient to God. And so the question would be, do you want to be cleansed? then truly let it go. If you really want to be cleansed, if you really want to be clean, but I'll tell you what to do the next time you're tempted. Turn back here in 1 Samuel, we see what we need to do the next time we're tempted is in verse 7. It says, Now when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And so... Here, these guys are are scared. The Philistines are are about to attack. And then in verse 8, it says, So the children of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord your God for us, that he may save us from the hand of the Philistines. And so for the first time in 20 years, the Israelites realized they can't depend on themselves to go to battle. For the first time in 20 years, they they realized that, hey, we can't depend on ourselves for victory. They felt helpless, but their greatest weapon, greater than any weapon formed against them and against you and I today is, well, it's their faith in God. It's our faith in God. It's the greatest weapon we have. And if your faith doesn't prompt a positive change in your life, then you're no different than the rest of the world. If there's not a positive change in your life, if you don't give 100% over to God, then you know what? You're not going to be any different than the rest of the world. And so you might say, well, 
hey, Samuel, continue, you know, and that's what the children of Israel do. They're like, hey, Samuel, continue to cry out to God for us. Continue to let him know we can't do life without him. What about you? Can you do life without God? Have you tried to do it without him? Oh, maybe you tried a day or two. Maybe you got away with it for a day or two. But you really can't do life without God when you think about it. So what's it going to take to get you to that point that, like these children of Israel here, that, hey, Samuel, don't stop praying. Don't stop doing what you're doing because we can't do it on our own. We need God to succeed. And that's what you and I need to realize. We need to learn to cry out to God that, hey, God, I can't do this on my own. I can't, I can't, I don't have the power or the strength to battle this battle. Because who do we battle? Do we battle people? No, it doesn't say we fight flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle every single day. And so look at verse 9. It says, And then Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. Now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel, but the Lord thundered with a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day, and so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and drove them back as far as below Beth Car. Now, if you're taking notes, write this down because this is real interesting and I thought this was kind of cool. Beth Car means the house of the Lamb. House of the Lamb. And if you notice that their victory in verse 9 started with a lamb and it ends with a lamb. And it's funny how that'll be in my life and in your life, that our victory starts with the lamb, the lamb of God. And, and you might say, well, God, we can't, I can't do this. And God says, yes, you can, because you recognize that the sacrifice of my son was sufficient to spare you. And we enjoy relationships, so I will move now on your behalf. So their victory in verse 9 started with a lamb, a suckling lamb, and it ends with a lamb, just like you and I. Our victory starts with Jesus dying on the cross, but also ends with him dying on the cross because that death on the cross allows us in to the family of God. As, as Randy said, we've been grafted in to be one of his children. So our, our victory starts with the shed blood of Jesus Christ, and it ends with the shed blood of Christ. And with our God, we have no strength against the devil, none apart from Jesus Christ. We have none. So look at verse 12. It says, Then Samuel took a stone, he set it up between Mizpah and Shin, and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. So here's the plan. They're not going to trust in future in the future, and they're not going to rest in their past like they used to. They, they rested in their past before, and they kind of trusted in their future, and they're not going to do that. From this point on, it's going to be a daily relationship. I want a daily relationship with the Lord is what they're saying. And so every Sunday, you and I might set up an Ebenezer stone, so to speak. And an Ebenezer stone was just a, a, a pile of rocks, and they would they would put something there, and then later on, they began to engrave things on these stones. God worked in a miraculous way, and so they set up this Ebenezer stone, and it says, because 
thus far the Lord has helped us. And so I say that out loud to my wife. Every Sunday, my Ebenezer Stone is another Sunday. Another Sunday is what I say to the guys that are here as we finish cleaning up and we leave. Another Sunday because thus far, and all that means is when I say that is, thus far the Lord has helped us. The Lord has helped us to get through this Sunday, as loud as it is, but he's helped us get through this Sunday, another Sunday, and it had nothing to do with anyone other than the power of, the, of our Lord Jesus Christ, the power of God working through individuals to help set up and make this place happen on Sunday. So, so far, the Lord has helped us. And I just trust in the Lord for next Sunday to get me through the next week. I put my trust in Him. And so you and I are those Ebenezer stones, so to speak, for other people. And here's why. Because the rest of the world, every day, should see that you're that stone, that the way God works in your life that you've made it through another day, that he's provided a miracle for you, the provisions that you have, your home, and that you trust in him and that you love him. And then look at verse 13 real quick. And it says, So the Philistines were subdued, and they did not come any more into the territory of Israel, and the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. So Israel means governed by God, right? And the Philistines, as we noted earlier, were a type of of the flesh of the world. And so they were no longer able to subdue them. The world was no longer able to conquer them because they were governed by God. And so that's the message that we have today, that we're governed by God. And if you let the world conquer you, then you might not be governed by God. Not the true God anyway. And we need to be careful that we walk in a manner according to Him. Repenting. Being repentant. Every time you blow it, you repent. And so, why they were governed by God? Well, it tells us here, the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. Because God is against the world. And then the cities, verse 14, which the Philistines had taken from Israel, were restored to Israel from Ekron to Gath. And Israel recovered its territory from the hands of the Philistines. Also, there was peace between Israel and the Amorites, and Samuel judged Israel all the days of his life. He went from year to year on a circuit to Bethel, Gilgal, and Mizpah, and he judged Israel in those places. But he always returned to Ramah, for his home was there. There he judged Israel, and there he built an altar to the Lord. So, in verse 14, it says, Everything that the Philistines had taken from Israel were restored to Israel. Everything that the world has taken from you will be restored to you. And you might think, well, I'm not probably going to get my car back or my house or the paycheck that I lost or the 50 bucks that blew away out of my hand. No, it's not that stuff. It's victory. You will get that victory back, and he will give it back to you. And it says, Israel recovered its territory from the hands of the Philistines. You and I have to understand that right here, we have the possibility to recover the things that have been lost, relationships. Some of us may have lost some really good relationships. And those things the Lord says, hey, I can recover that for you. Uh, I'll give you relationship with other people that are like-minded with you. I'll give you relationship with people that are willing to pray for you. That whole thing starts with the blood of the Lamb, and it ends with the blood of the Lamb. It's at the cross. And so all we have to do is pour out that sin to the Lord. 
that thing that drags us down, that slows us down, that thing that keeps us from shining bright, that thing that possibly turns people off to Christianity, and you give it over to the Lord, and you might think, man, I've really ruined it. I've ruined it more than once. But God says here, and we see it in his word, he's true to his word, that, man, if he could recover that stuff for the Israelites, couldn't he recover it for you? Couldn't he recover it for you and I as well? And so Samuel judges Israel all the days of his life because Samuel sat and he interceded for his people. And so my question is today, there are people sitting next to you. There are people in our fellowship that we know that are sick and that are ill. Are you interceding for them? Are you praying for them to recover from their illness? And not only the sick people, but are you praying for the people that are around you to recover from their sins? The things that you don't have to know that stuff. You don't have to know their details. Just pray for them. If God brings them to mind, start praying. And then, you know what? Lift yourself up as well and say, Lord, search my heart. Find that thing in me that's not of you. And deliver me from it. And pour it all out. Pour your whole heart out to him. And so that walk will be an amazing walk. That walk will be a walk that you'll see that people will start to ask you, hey, what is it about you that's different? Well, why are you so different? What in your life causes you to have joy? And you have to be real and honest with them. Hey, man, I'm a sinner, but I'm saved by grace. And daily I go to the Lord and I pour that sin out. And I turn my back on it. That thing I choose to do that I used to choose to do and return to, like a dog returning to his vomit. I mean, that's a really gross picture. But that's, what, that's what, kind of how we are, is we return to that sin. To God, that sin is like vomit. It's, it's unacceptable. You're accepted, but your sin is unacceptable. And so at some point, at some time, the Holy Spirit will convict and call you guilty. So what is that thing that he's calling you guilty on today? And if, if you get one and you wrote it down, then go home. Lay yourself on the floor or on your bed or on your knees, but get with the Lord and just say, Lord, I repent. Truly repent. Truly be sorry for that thing. And, and, and let it leave you. Because so many people, they play Christianity, and, and they lose out on so much. And again, that sin, well, the Lord's going to give you little things, and those things will tend to break, and you won't be responsible with them. You'll be more irresponsible than responsible. So if you find yourself being irresponsible and you know you think, wow, it could be because of my sin, well, give it to the Lord. Dump it out. And, and you don't see them trying to put that water back into the jugs. They left it there. And then they set up a stone. And they worshiped the Lord. And they did battle. And they realized that for the rest of their life, you know, at that point, they realized that they can't do life without God. They cannot succeed without God. And that's what you and I need to realize as well, is that we can't succeed without God. Every book in the Bible holds meaning for us, even in our modern times. In 1 Samuel, for example, Pastor Mark has been teaching us about the power and sovereignty of God. Our Creator does what He needs to in order to accomplish His tasks, regardless of our involvement. How much better would it be, though, if we did step into God's plan for His world? God wants to use each of us to do incredible things for the kingdom. All we need to do is be willing. We're so glad you tuned in today to learn from 1 Samuel, and we'd like to encourage you to keep reading ahead. You'll learn a lot as you discover God for yourself. Another good place to hear and study the Word is in a church setting. Here's Tracy with a little more about what being in the body of Christ can mean for you. Joining a church is more than just showing up for a Sunday morning service. 
It's getting to know the people you're worshiping with. As the church body grows together in the love and teaching of God's Word, it will become a powerful and effective witness for Christ within its walls and beyond. If you're near Katy, Texas, we'd love to meet you Sunday at 10 a.m. at Calvary Katy. Visit comealiveradio.com to find out more and get directions. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast as well to keep up with the latest editions of Come Alive. You can find it on Google Play or iTunes. Thanks for tuning in today to Come Alive.